Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Take Two. We're glad you could join us uh, here and hope that you guys are doing well. Uh, a couple of reminders. This Saturday, we are having our potluck, uh, the summer series at Lydia's house. Um, it's where the open mic was this past Saturday, so it's going to be at her house again uh, this coming Saturday. Also, on August 20th, we're having a paint class here at 7 o'clock. So if you'd like to join the paint class, uh, it's called Edmund's Easels. It'll be here um, Friday. I don't know if it's, yeah, it is Friday the 20th at 7 o'clock. So those are a couple of upcoming things. And of course, Sunday mornings, we are here live on YouTube and in the building at 10 a.m. Um, so that's kind of it with the announcements. Um, before we get started, why don't we pause and pray. Would you like to open in prayer? Sure. Randy? Father, we thank you uh, for, for meeting us here, for meeting us wherever we are, and living rooms and uh, kitchens and those, those who are driving right now. Uh, wherever, wherever we are, we're thankful that you've met us and you desire to grow us and we desire to be more like Jesus. So have your way, God, and uh, bless this time, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this Sunday was part four of my series, The Politics of Jesus. And this has been kind of a troubling passage for me in the past. And maybe you can give me some feedback on how you've dealt with this passage. Um, it's, and I'm going to read it real quick just so that everyone has an idea where we're at. It's Matthew 5, verses 17 through 20. It says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota or a dot will pass from the law until it is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless the, your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. So there's a lot of things in what he says that, um, you know, uh, that are have you have to wrestle with because some of it's like, okay, I thought he did come so that, you know, there's mm -hmm. like more freedom, but at the same time, uh, he's saying if we're not more righteous than the people that, you know, we have deemed as the enemy in these passages, right? Mm -hmm. Like that we're not going to enter the kingdom, which a you know, old way of thinking meant I can't go to heaven unless I'm holier than thou mm -hmm. and I'm not. So it's a problem. Yeah. You know, one of the struggles I always had with this passage was, you know, when Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish. And I think, well, we don't keep the Sabbath. We don't keep the dietary laws. At least I don't. I still eat bacon and shrimp and, and all that stuff, right? We, we don't follow. And, and even in the book of Acts, they did not follow or require the Gentile believers to adhere to those commands. And so that used to be a struggle for me. It's like, well, you didn't come to abolish it, but we're not doing those things. And for me, I equated abolishing with that. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, we're not doing it. So did we abolish them? Are we wrong now? Because we've abolished those things in the law. And so that was one of the struggles I used to have with this passage. Yeah, I have books and 
they're now in my garage <laughs> that, that are, you know, I have like a handful of them that are, because I have really struggled with this, mm-hmm. that are about this kind of like gospel on one side and law on the other. And mm-hmm. like these, these were pitted against each other as if, yeah. as if they couldn't be one and the same. Yeah. One of the things I tried to do Sunday is help us understand the terminology, right? Because words are so important. Yeah. And words, the meaning of words change as time changes. And I, I've talked about a few of the words, how we talked about, like, um, nice. Nice used to mean simple or foolish, right, instead of it being an endearing term. Yeah. And then it later became something that we think, oh, they're nice, where at one point you say, oh, you're nice, you're just, like, you know, very shallow. Mm-hmm. Same thing with silly. Silly used to mean blessed or happy. And now we think it means kind of foolishness, right? Yeah. And so those words have changed. And if we don't look at these words at the time they were spoken, we can, I think, get some wrong ideas. You know, and one is you mentioned the kingdom of heaven. If we think kingdom of heaven means the place you go when you die, then, yeah, we, we've got some things going on here that we have to address. But if it means, as Jesus said earlier in Matthew's gospel, the kingdom of heaven is here, right? I have come... They preach the good news that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which means it's something you can get hold of. And other passages where he said, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within you. So there's a presence working of the kingdom as well as a future unveiling of the Mm -hmm. kingdom, right? That's one thing to understand. Uh, Another thing is the word abolish and the word fulfill, Um, And he tells us in this what those words mean in verse 19 when he says, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others. And the idea of relaxing or let loose, it has making light of, is, you know, going to be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever does them, teaches them, shall be called great. And so it seems that he's referring to abolishing is not taking what the law has said clearly, and not putting it into practice, right. right? And fulfilling is understanding and applying the law that would be fulfilling, which puts it in a different realm. Yeah, it changes it a lot. Another thing is the word law. When I hear the word law, I think of Sabbath. I think of, you know, all those commands that were mandatory for us to follow. You think of all the commands or the Ten Commandments? Well, kind of the Ten Commandments yeah, is usually where I go to. But I do think maybe in Deuteronomy, some of the, th- the commands that were there for the people, you know, but it has to do with just commands. But for the Hebrews at this time, when they heard the word law, they thought of Torah, right? They thought of the first five books mm-hmm. and the prophets would be kind of the rest of the Hebrew scriptures, the majority of them, right? So that's a much broader understanding than just commandments, Right. This is what, you know, you have to keep these commandments or these commandments aren't going away. Now it's becoming, well, the Torah, because the Torah has a lot in it. Right. It's not just commands. There are stories. There is things that the uh, rabbis wrestled with with each other. They used to try and figure out what things meant and how we were supposed to interpret those things. Right. And then they would write laws to interpret the laws to help them understand, you know, what they're supposed to do. And so that's a whole different way of looking at this idea of law and prophets. What does that do in your thinking about this, well, these words? Yeah. If, if I'm thinking about law, I think 
I think Ten Commandments first, right? That's that's what I. I think that's just the easy way of thinking about it. Um, I know that, like you said, when when Jesus says law and prophets, he's basically talking about the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you know, going through that, the um, if if law isn't you know if it's if it's more than that or if it's if it's if it's the way Jesus is using the word, if is uh, I'm, I'm having wrapping my mind around real quick. He is, uh, can I read the scripture real quick? Mm-hmm. Oops. <laughs> you turned it off. No, you can't read it. <laughs> the, the, yeah. The, the, whole, the whole thing about, like, just abolishing, just dealing with, um, you know, putting these into effect. Like, he's basically saying, like, you can't just throw the baby out of the bathwater. You have to, you have to live this stuff. These are, these are the laws. They are, they are, you know, I've come to make them whole. I've come to, uh, like live them out. Right. Mm -hmm. Another practice that was taking place that kind of went into is the dividing of the laws into heavy laws or important laws. And then light laws where they would determine the, depth or the importance of a law and it was they did this so that they could deal with conflicts right so when and jesus talks about this in some of the conflicts like which one of you if on the sabbath you know your donkey or your you know fault beast falls into a ditch won't pull him out right because the law said you weren't supposed to do any labor on the sabbath but you were also supposed to take care of your animals so which do you do right and so they would level trying to to find out to ways to please god well let's put them in a category right so these are the heavy ones and these are the light ones so if i have to break a commandment i don't want to break a heavy one for a light one right i i want to make sure i'm breaking a light one for a heavy one you know And, and i mean there's some sense to that right there there's yeah understanding of that and i think again Jesus leans into this pretty heavy, you know, throughout this sermon and throughout his ministry where, you know, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Those kinds of things is dealing with these issues. I even quoted another passage um, in Matthew 23 where he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law. Again, this is dealing with that heavy and light. You've dealt the, you've neglected the weightier things, and he puts the weightier things as justice, mercy, and faithfulness, mm-hmm. right? And then he says you should have done both, right? And, and so he is addressing this understanding of the law of what is heavy and what is light, and, and even the way he does it, because there's kind of a word play that we don't get here because the translation where he's basically saying, let's see if I can find out how I, anyone who sets aside the light commandments will be called light in the kingdom of heaven. Anyone who practices and teaches the heavy commands will be called heavy in the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he's, he's saying, if you take for granted little things, then you're going to be considered little. But if you take 
into consideration even heavy things, you're considered heavy. And so, again, he is going to press into their understanding, especially in chapter 6, where the idea of the Pharisees' righteousness had to do with prayers, had to do with fasting, and had to do with alms, the giving. And that's exactly what Jesus goes into in chapter 6. He really challenges or attacks their understanding of those their, three things. Their practice things. of it. Exactly. Yeah. Their, their practice of those things. And he, he uses heavy, like, understandings. Like, he'll say, you know, um, you've heard it said, you shall not commit murder. That's a heavy one. Obviously, yeah. Right? But if you hate your brother in your heart, you've committed murder. Well, that's a lighter one. And he's connecting the two and mm-hmm. saying, you see, there, there's a spirit that is taking place here that they were missing. And it's so easy to become legalistic in how we divide things. Well, I, I keep this law and I, I do this. And we neglect other things because we feel like, oh, we can because that's not as important. Yeah. Right. Or I'm I'm doing I'm doing enough, or I'm yeah. doing my share, or however <laughs> however we justify those things. Just that comparison. At least I'm not like yeah. them, right? At least I don't do those things. You know, yeah. I'm not a murderer. I haven't done those things. It's interesting it's... because we don't really have a system of heavy and light. Yeah, but we but we kind of do. Like maybe each individual does. Yeah. So what? Yeah, I mean, what things come to your mind when you think of that, like heavy and light? Well, I think that you know, in I think of two things. I think that uh, largely in evangelicalism, people always say sin is sin. It kind of doesn't, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's all bad. Right? So that's kind of how I've grown up with it. Like, yeah. It's all, if you've done, if you, you know, step on a crack, <laughs> it's, it's just Break as your bad. mother's back. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just as bad. But, but you know what? Um, also, going back just a little bit to something you said in this is that, uh, that idea of, you know, we'll be called heavy or we'll be called light in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven in this case, um, I think is like, I think of that as like, it's almost like we'll be called because I feel like those who are doing the heavy lifting are doing the heavy lifting in the kingdom. Right? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. They're doing the, they're doing the, the stuff. That they're the, doing the work of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they will be called it. You that's know what good. I mean? Yeah. Just, no, that's really good. And I, I think that's an important part of what Jesus is trying to get to, right? If, if the kingdom of heaven is at hand and we are participating in it, then we need to do the work of it. Mm-hmm. And to do the work of it has to embrace the, the character and heart of God. I mean, really what Jesus is doing here is he's, He's drawing a line in the sand, and he's saying, the Pharisees, you, you've been doing it this way, but I am telling you it's this way. Yeah. And he's doing a, a pretty brazen thing by putting himself in the place. You want to know what the law is about? It's about me. And I am going to be to you the example of what the law is. And so that challenge, you've heard it say, but I say to you, is putting him in a a place where you need to listen to my example. And it wasn't uncommon for rabbis to do that, right? Rabbis would say, I believe this is what the scripture says, and they would give their interpretation. So he's doing something that's familiar, but he's doing it against the whole religious system uh, of that day. And that's why we're, you know, dealing with this series, the politics of Jesus, because these are the things that got him crucified. Right. I mean, it's fascinating in, in that they, you know, the, 
uh, and I'm forgetting the name of the the book that they, where they you know the laws of the laws kind of thing. Oh, um, but okay, it's a side point. But it's just interesting that uh, you know we oftentimes just think that these guys were hypocrites and bad people, mm-hmm. but that whole system was in play, like you said, because they were trying to please God. Yeah, they just the mission. They they just yeah the yeah. Mishnah. They just got it. They just got it. It became. Yeah, they religion. became a little OCD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little legal OCD. Gosh, what a way to go! Uh, but yeah, they definitely did. They they were so caught up in making sure they did everything exactly right. But I, I think that's an, it's an important thing to say because sometimes we do the same in our oh, own yeah. lives, right? That's how it happens. Like we're we our intent is we want to please God, we want to do this, so we start like building rules around ourselves. Yeah. And the whole idea of hypocrisy, right, yeah. is putting on a mask that hides the real face. Um, that's what Jesus warned against. And, you know, if we do not see ourselves in the same light, um, we will be the same people. You know, I, I think the words of Jesus are, are meant to be embraced by the people of the church, Um because that's who he's talking to. He's talking to the people who are there in that role representing God, but aren't doing it well. And we should always be mindful of how we are representing God. And I mean, let's face it, our our history is scandalous. You know, I mean, even just in recent history with some of the leaders who have, you know, uh, done some terrible things and are well-known in Christian circles, you know, it's something if we don't think that it applies to us or we should look at it and, and take it with that kind of um, severity, um, then I think we're making light, right? We're, we're thinking it doesn't apply when maybe... Or we're, we're relaxing. Exactly. Relaxing. Well, good. Yeah, good point. I mean, we're just making light of it. It's not a big deal. Um, but I, I think it is. Um this is a pretty powerful point in his whole sermon where he really is starting to challenge the Pharisees and the religious leaders at that time. And as I said earlier, you know, this is what got him crucified. They didn't, you know, want to have Jesus crucified because he was healing people. Um, they wanted him crucified because he was placing himself in a position of authority that was taking their authority away. And they didn't like that, so they wanted to stop it, right? And that is anything but, you know, uh, weak. That is anything but, you know, when we think of the politics of Jesus, um, a lot of times people think, well, okay, so you're you're not going to be conservative. You're not going to be liberal. You're just going to be nothing. Right, you're going to be in the middle somewhere doing nothing. This wasn't doing nothing, right? This is challenging the status quo. And I wonder how, in our divided country right now, how can we challenge the status quo the way Jesus did? You know, in a way that isn't considered left or right, but is considered with the kingdom of heaven. Any answers for that one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> that is 
That's a firestorm, right? Yeah. And and maybe the best kind, but still, it's it's like man, we're every everything is so tense uh, in our in our country and beyond our country. Everything is so tense, but um, yeah, to be able to uh, you know stand in the middle of that and speak truth to power and you know what jesus is doing it's interesting because again like these guys thought they were right they thought they were doing the right thing Mm -hmm. and so much so that they couldn't even see that the god they worshiped was in human form yeah challenging their foundations yeah so uh i mean that's and that's kind of what we have you know maybe a, a different political bend but still everybody thinks they're right mm-hmm. and everyone's convinced that they're right and so to, to you know to stand up or even to even to show love like not to be weak but to, but this is bold love right yeah. to be that face in our country right now would be incredible yeah i mean just previously when jesus went through the beatitudes you know one of them is blessed are the peacemakers, yeah. right? Um, they should be called the children. Yeah, and, and so that's supposed to be part of our identity. Mm-hmm. And are we making peace or are we trying to, you know, just support our own, you know, belief yeah. already and just buttress those things that we already think? And there are so many areas. I mean, right now we've got, you know, of course, the political things. We have racial things. There are so many hot topics Um that can be addressed, but maybe they can be addressed differently. You know, what I love about how there used to be this open dialogue that took place. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this whole series, the scriptures were always read in a group, right? It wasn't just a private thing. You go do your your reading. Not that that's bad, but the the Torah was read in synagogue and the early churches read the letters mm-hmm. that they received in the homes and it was always read together. It wasn't until, you know, hundreds of years later that there would even be the possibility of reading the scripture on your own. And so it was always this communal thing, this collective thing that allowed discussion and it allowed interaction. You know, well, what about this? Well, what about that? And that gave room for at least the consideration of other people's thoughts how they perceive things, um, and how maybe I could change the presentation to help them understand it more clearly mm-hmm. instead of just becoming so, you know, this is right and that's it. Um, you know, one of the issues I mentioned was abortion, where we have made this, you know, one of the hot topics, and it's become something where we show a a side that says, okay, this is wrong, abortion is murder, but we don't show the compassion for the women that are struggling financially, struggling um, with other issues that have happened. You know, there there is a passage where, well, I won't go in there, that's a whole other thing, but there are areas in scripture where there's defining differences or trying to define differences between a child that's viable and one that isn't and the punishment for a child that's 
you know, in the womb at those times. But we just want to make it black and white and not take into consideration, you know, the, the person. And by doing that, we, we have been known for just being judgmental, pushing away instead of being people who were there to help. Yeah. You know, the early church, I've shared this before, when the Romans would abandon their babies because it was a girl or it was, you know, born with a deformity, they would leave their children on altars and the Christians would go and take them and raise them as their own. Where is that spirit? Yeah. Right? That says, can I help you? Can I journey with you? Are you okay? Do you need... Uh, you know, prenatal care? Do you want to talk about these things? Where is that part? Why aren't we known for that anymore? Right? Because that would flip the whole scenario, right? You're not any longer shouting out, you know, accusations, you know, to a a young girl who is pregnant, who knows the reason, but you're going to call her a murderer and you're going to show her, you know, pictures and you're going to shame her where's the flip of that where, hey, are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help you? Can I walk with you through this time instead of condemning, right? Mm-hmm. And what would happen if we were known for those things, you know, or even in the whole vax, anti-vax thing, you know? I mean, I think everyone should get vaccinated. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, but I'm not here to slander people. I'm not here to accuse people. I'm not going to you know, name call people if they don't get vaccinated. I I value their opinion. I'm going to respect their opinion and I hope they're safe. And I still need to treat them as if it's the lighter thing, right? The the lighter issues, you know, I'm not going to be angry and hate them just because I feel, you know, they're doing something wrong. And if we were known for those other things, we would have a different reputation. Yeah. You know, but here we are. We do. We do make everything black or white. Yeah. Right? And like you said, <clears throat> it's any issue, I think, changes once you've given the other side, uh, you know, their humanity, right? Yeah. Once you see humanity and or look in their eyes and say, how can I help rather than, yeah. you know, you're my enemy or yeah. you're doing something bad. Uh, I think that changes everything because, I mean, I've seen it happen. I've seen that happen anecdotally. It's happened to me, you know, where people have helped me in those areas. And that's the politics of Jesus, right? This is part of the politics of Jesus that elevates people into the image of God, you know, instead of, you know, segregating people. Okay, you're, you know, heathen. Okay, you're, you know, now there's neither Gentile nor Jew, you know, Scythian, barbarian, male nor female. There's this unity that's supposed to take place in Christ and are we moving towards that unity or are we still dividing things? Okay, you're vaxxed, you're unvaxxed, you're Republican, right. you're Democrat. You know, we, we want to put those labels because for us it makes us feel maybe better. You know, okay, yeah, you're part of the club, you know, you're with us and it alienates others. And, and Jesus is, again, from the description in, in chapter four, these are the people who were sick, these are the people who were... Um, you know, possessed. These are the people who were struggling. And these are the people who made up that multitude that he is talking to. These are the poor in spirit. These are those who are mourning. These are those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, right? All those things that he listed there, that's who he's reaching out to. 
And that's what the kingdom looks like, right? And so I think understanding that this idea of kingdom is so different not only from the religious system but from the governmental system at that time. It was power-driven, you know, and it's the wealthy who make the laws and it's the you know people who are in power who can enforce those things and you know it hasn't changed a whole lot since that time so the politics of jesus stands up in in contrast to i think both these things yeah it's fascinating even to think about after jesus has been arrested in the in the struggle of mm-hmm. power between those two systems mm-hmm. it's fascinating yeah it really is i mean and it 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 seems to be a tendency to always grasp for power, right? And, I mean, we've seen it in church history um, where the church did have a lot of power mm-hmm. um, and how they abuse that power. We see it in governments where that happens. Um, and so it is the politics of Jesus that esteems others as more important than themselves. Yeah. right? And, again, the politics of Jesus looks like the 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 towel and the wash basin, right, where he washed the disciples' feet. It looks like the broken bread and the poured out wine. It's the baptism, the solidarity of dying and coming alive to him. Um, Those are all part of the characteristics of this politic um, that we need to, I think, identify with more. Yeah, and it's, it's, uh, I think... You know, easier said than done. <laughs> and not only that, but it's just the, it's the antithesis of like what, you know, uh, what we learn yeah. in in school, what we learn in career paths, in corporate America. Yeah. Everything is everything is me first and, you know, whoever you got to step on to get to the top. Yeah. You do. And even when I was part of larger churches, um, you know, and I'd go to conferences one of the first questions that people always ask is how many people yeah. are at your church, right? Um, as if that is the criteria of if you're successful or not. You know, um, how many seats are you filling? In, instead of, you know, how are you helping the people who are there? How are you connecting with the people in your community? How, how are you growing with one another? You know, um, I, I've shared a few times we have the AA group that meets here. You know, and I had to lock up with the building one at a time that they were here and they were outside and they were all like smoking cigarettes because I guess that's what you do when you don't drink. You just got to <laughs> find something else. And so they're all outside smoking cigarettes. And my, my thought wasn't like, oh, no, they're smoking cigarettes, you know, in front of our building. My thought was, good, let people know that those people have a place here, mm. right? Because we are here for those people. You know, and, you know, of course, smoking is not good. Don't smoke if you smoke. Um, But (laughs) that posture that cares more about the people than your identity um, is the politics of Jesus. And that's a a tough thing sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it takes some, it takes, and not some, it takes like a whole deconstruction of its own to to get there. Yeah. It doesn't, again, it's something that we have to wrestle with because there's some things that you might have to stand up for, right? There's some things you might have to put your foot down and say, no, no, no more over here. This is where we draw a line. And then there's other things where it's like, okay, is this a weightier or is this a lighter matter? How do we digest this in a way that looks like Christ? You know, and, and that's part of the 
the whole idea of this is the politics of Jesus looks like Jesus, and that doesn't look like the power systems in the world. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah. Um, trying to think of some other things that I shared. Anything that you remember? And also, if you guys have questions, you can write them in, and we'll uh, share them. If you have any other questions, uh, those of you who are here, uh, feel free to you know ask those questions because we, you know, I think these things provoke questions, right? Um, they're meant to. I think Jesus is pressing in and challenging the status quo, and people are going to say, "What about you know these kinds of things?" Um, you know. He's really, and what he's going to be continuing to do is telling us we can't divorce the act with the attitude, right? What you do is connected to how you do it, right? And you can't divorce the means to the ends, right? The means are part of the ends. It's not just the ends justify the means. No, the means are part of the ends and how we do things and the spirit in which we do things is really important that's fascinating because uh because it takes again it takes out the you know for lack of a better word the religiosity Mm. of of our faith right it takes the the just going through the motions and you know just reciting a prayer and you know what i mean Mm -hmm. whatever it might be just not uh, not being in, in the moment, not being in this uh, this frame with Jesus, and just I mean, I think we, I think everybody's guilty of that. Yeah, at least from time to time, you know what I mean? They're, they're guilty of like, man, I don't really want to do this right now, but I'm going to go do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's not really noble, <laughs> <laughs> but but we find ourselves there. Yeah, and sometimes our heart follows the actions. You know, yeah. it, it, sometimes what we do will lead us to where we need to be internally. Um, just like sometimes our bodies or our souls are telling our minds what needs to happen. You know, I feel like my soul sometimes knows what it needs before my mind understands what it needs. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes stepping into the right action brings all of you along with it, you know, and you learned that it, it's a good thing at the end yeah. um, I was sharing at the art for artists uh, last night that we um, there was about 20 years ago right I, I was when I was leading the music uh, there was a guy who came into the church he was one of the ushers his name was Ed and Ed was probably about 70 years old and 20 years ago you know I was trying to be you know just current with the music and I thought we had a great band it was pretty popping but it was loud and Ed used to come in with his fingers in his ears. He'd come in there like this. <laughs> and i go, what's wrong, Ed? And he told me, he literally said, your music is deafening. Not deafening, deafening. <laughs> like I was killing him, right? And it was like, and he used to, I'd see him walk down the hallways, and he'd be sitting in there just like this. Well, you know, and it's just one of those things when you're leading, you know, music and worship, and people are out there. Some have their eyes closed. Some have their hands raised. Ed had his hands in his ears. <laughs> When we had a, a morning group, a men's group, one morning, it was like 
I think it started at like five o'clock and I got there early to prepare and Ed would get there early to do the coffee, set up the chairs and all those things. And when I was preparing, I heard this thump outside. I went out and Ed had fallen. He had a diabetic seizure and he was a diabetic. And so Ed was just passed out on the ground and we knew that he had had these kind of spells, but this one was really bad. So I ran and got some orange juice that we kept in the refrigerator for him. And I just picked up Ed and I kind of cradled his head in my lap and I just put orange juice in his mouth and massaged it in his gums trying to get him to come back, right? And, and he did, he came back and he was embarrassed and you know, he, I asked, do you need the doctor? No, I'm feeling okay. Let me just get some orange juice. I'll be okay. You know, I just didn't monitor myself. Looking back at my time there and all the years that I was there and the, the Bible studies I taught and the music and the groups, you know, we had large groups that we played for. That event probably means the most to me. It's because I felt like when I did that, I felt like God smiled at me, right? I felt like even though no one was there to see it, and maybe because no one was there yeah. to see it, I looked the most like Jesus, right? And this is the politics of Jesus, right? This, this is how he leans into our lives with these kinds of things, you know, where the little becomes important. Yeah. And as, as a pastor, you spend most of your time preparing for Sunday morning, <laughs> right? Most of your pastoral role. Yeah. Not just you. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying yeah. people who are pastors spend a lot of time getting ready for Wednesdays and Sundays. Yeah. And not that they're not important mm -hmm. because the preaching of the word is good. Mm -hmm. But, but there is a, but there is some, you know, there is something uh, about those, you know, even, one-on-one -on -one conversations, maybe yeah. not, maybe not a life thing, say, but you know, just those one-on-one -on -one times that probably have a far bigger impact. Yeah, that you might not even know. Yeah, yeah, and they're so meaningful if you're able to understand, you know, the importance of the person yeah. and what's going on there. I mean, that's one of the reasons I left. I felt like. You know, all the stuff I'm doing, I, I, I'm studying and I'm working and I'm doing, and I hardly ever went outside the church because I just about lived there. I just felt like I'm doing all this stuff, but I don't look anything like Jesus, yeah. you know. Um, and so I had to make some changes because that was important, you know. And I think there's always a pivoting, you know, where I'll look back and I'll say, okay, what do I need to do now so that I, it looks more like Jesus, so that, you know, the character of Christ comes through in the things that we do um, because I think it's easy to get trapped into that you know I'm gonna divide things up and I'm okay I'm gonna make sure I'm doing it right you know and then I forget the attitude I forget the heart I forget the character that I need to bring along with yeah. it and that needs well there's to, something to be said on, on that is definitely that's what Jesus is saying right mm -hmm. so we can't like not gonna <laughs> not dilute gonna that <laughs> On the you know C.S. Lewis would say, uh, I don't remember the quote, but uh, I remember the the idea is like sometimes right. This is, this is where discipline kicks in. Like mm. you might not have the right attitude, yeah. but like you said, but you start mm -hmm. and sometimes you remember, right? Yeah, and you kind of was like, okay, I'm I didn't want to do it, but I'm here doing it. You say the same thing about the gym, right? <laughs> you go to the gym, you're like, I don't want to go to the gym, but you get there and you start working out, and you're like, okay, yeah, I needed that. Yeah, I mean, Jesus did give a parable about the two sons, you know, 
And the father said, go and work in the vineyard. And one said, okay, and didn't. The other said, no, and did. Yeah. He said, which one did the will of the father? And so I think there is that application to where we, sometimes we just got to do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, even though it's hard. Sometimes the hard thing and the right thing are the same. Isn't that a Frey lyric? <laughs> but we want to make sure that we have this idea in mind I think especially at this time when we are I think you know I don't know I, I can't predict what's going to happen but I see so much division I, I went to a Starbucks this morning and I didn't have to have a mask and they were okay with it I went to another one in LA and they had two signs. They had one sign that says, you don't need a mask if you're vaccinated. And then they had another sign that says, you need a mask, period. And I was just kind of like, which one is, which one do I follow, right? Because my mask is in the car. And so, you know, and yeah. I, just like looking in like, okay, everyone's got a mask, I'll get my mask. But we're living in this place where some people are like, you can't put a mask on me, I'm not gonna wear it. And some people get out of here without a mask, right? And it's becoming more and more tense um, where we're seeing more and more division. And I, I think the politics of Jesus is exactly what we need at this time where I, I don't care if I have to wear a mask as long as I can have a conversation with you that's important. I, I don't care if, you know, those what side of the aisle you vote as long as you and I can talk about things that are important. Yeah. You know, as long as I, I'm allowing you to see my life and I you give me permission to step into your life and we can talk about things that are important. Yeah. Right. And, and I love that about Genesis. We have people on both sides, you know, of the aisle. We're trying to develop this kind of attitude where, Hey, I can disagree with you. It's okay. Yeah. You don't have to agree with me. You know, you can be wrong. That's fine. No, you, <laughs> you don't have to, uh, you know, walk in step. You, you don't have to believe to belong. You can be family and, and you can grow together and allow the kingdom to start permeating our lives and our minds. And then we can be, I think, that light that Jesus talks about. Yeah. This was um, my dad's birthday. It's actually Thursday, but we celebrated on Sunday. And, and that, you know, family get-togethers are crazy because someone's always going to talk about politics <laughs> and nobody there agrees with each other. So it's just like, this is what it is. But but we're but we're family right but we're family so there's like you know you can yeah it, it, it's not coming to blows but uh you know <laughs> strong opinions uh bound and then at the end of the day everyone gives each other hugs and kisses and says you know yeah happy birthday to my pop and, and i think that's really what happened i mean you have to think that time in Acts 7, I believe it is, when the Gentiles were coming into the church mm -hmm. and they had the meeting in Jerusalem to say, okay, what are we going to do about this? You know, we only have a few verses that talk about it, yeah. but you know that was a drawn-out conversation. Yeah. You know, Paul and Barnabas were there arguing one case, and you know there were others arguing another case. They need to be circumcised. They need to follow yeah. the law, you know, and they're, no, we can't put the burden that we ourselves couldn't bear, right? I mean, you know that just didn't happen in a couple of verses. That was intense, <laughs> right? Yep. And I imagine you know, that was going on late into the evenings, these kind of discussions. And I know we've had those family discussions. The first time Corrine came to one of my family uh, get togethers, <laughs> she's like, what the heck was that? Because all our Italian passion came out and we were, you know, yelling at each other. But then, yeah, it's, oh, that's just dinner for us. Um, 
but I have a feeling that that happened and I think that's okay, right? It, it, the conflict isn't the problem, it's the inability to have conflicting thoughts that becomes the problem. Yeah. You know, that's when wars happen uh, because we can't dialogue and conflict anymore. Yeah, well, it's, it's, that's where we're at. Exactly. That's exactly. why I guess, you know, I know you said before, at least maybe Sunday morning you said, uh, that Brian asked you, why, why would you do this now? And, <laughs> and, and like, <laughs> maybe, you know, this is why, because we need, we need to have this idea planted. We need to have this, uh, like you said, what, what can we do? Yeah. And, and where we're at and what's going on in our world, what can we do to look like Jesus? Yeah. You know, I mean, 2020 was a heck of a year and, um, going through all the things that happened, you know, of course, the pandemic that's still happening, um, the racial issues that exploded, the political issues. And there were some people who just, you know, couldn't stay here unless we sided with someone. And it hurt to see people go. Um, and when I thought about doing this series, I thought, well, th this could push more people away and I also thought or it can solidify people who want the politics of Jesus to be what we're known for and I just felt like I'd rather lean into that than shy away from that because I think that's what we need more than anything right now you know and so I mean I love everyone who's a part of our community I don't want anyone to leave um, I always you know I don't know can't help but take it personal in some ways um, but I want us to be known for our love for one another. I want us to be known for our diversity. I want us to be known for our kingdom mentality and doing the things that show the world the good works that they can glorify our Father in heaven. You know, I want that to be evident in what we do. And so um, that's kind of why I said, let's let's do it. Let's step into it, you know. And so not sad, sorry yet. <laughs> But we'll see. Well, I don't see any questions. Any question? <laughs> didn't want to throw you on the spot. <laughs> but anyway, any any final thoughts? Um, no, I mean, I think that, you know, we've covered a gamut here. But um, like I said, I think this is important. And I think it's a, it's a, an eye-opening way of, of looking at, you know, yeah. What Jesus meant and not just maybe the way we've been taught this whole time. Hmm. Yeah. I know this is just studying this and seeing these contrasts was freeing for me mm -hmm. to just especially dealing with this law and didn't do we still have to keep some kind of law here, you know? What is he talking about? But I think it's a lot broader and deeper than maybe what I thought it was. Yeah. Agreed. So, okay. Well, again, thank you guys for tuning in, for being here. Uh, if you do have any questions, you can, again, write them down or you can bring them on Sunday and we can talk about these things. I remember Sunday morning, 10 a.m., we'll be here live on YouTube or else live in the building. And thank you guys for joining us and God bless. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com 
as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.